0: You're listening to Ember Weekend, your weekend recap of all things Ember. This is episode 31. Looks
1: like we're over the hill now. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. And we're here to keep you in the Ember run loop. We're broadcasting from HashRocket HQ. It's October 19th, and today's episode is called Hijacking TIL for Fun and Profit.
0: So TIL, which uh, stands for Today I Learned, is an apprentice project by fellow rocketeer Jake Wirth. It's about sharing things you
1: learned today. It's uh, a little microblog with a 200-word limit. I really enjoy the constraints here around uh, the word limits. It's it's very it's very fun to kind of try to bring an idea that you have down and and express it in a way that is actually useful for another person in 200 words or less. Uh, especially with markdown, it, uh, it it encourages me personally to like you know take some screenshots and uh, and do some uh, some clever markdown things to kind of help really get the idea across. But it does have this this hard limit where I can't just go off and start talking for you know like. 20 pages which I, I'm kind of prone to do with uh, with blog posts and it makes it encouraging to kind of write these blog posts um, because there's not a whole lot of like a, it's not a big commitment so a blog post for me requires like you know a few days worth of effort and research and then proofreading and editing and rewriting and uh, and this is kind of like I'm going to explain something as, as, as best I can in 200 words and uh, and put it up there it's kind of a casual way to blog. Um, so when we started talking about that, we both kind of agreed that using this as a back-end would be kind of neat. So we don't want to have a back-end for Ember Weekend at the moment, even though we've kind of started making steps towards doing that in Elixir. Uh, and yeah, let's, uh, let's walk through some of the ways that we uh, worked with this on Live Coding TV at Last Friday and how we you know kind of approached um, hijacking TIL.
0: So the first thing we did was make a couple tests... That showed that the page was rendering with a kind of a shell blog with you know just some generic posts with like I think a title and a body, um, and that was just being populated normally by uh, Mirage and uh, a normal data adapter. Um, the next step was to actually write a test for pulling that data from a from a website as HTML and making a custom adapter and serializer that you know, adapter you know would pull the data from the website, and hand the HTML off to the serializer, and then the serializer. Would like, can chunk that up into posts and then throw that in the data store, but uh, it was interesting because nothing from that layer up changed. The UI we wrote initially for the first test didn't have to change at all.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. I, I think that the bread and butter here was kind of mostly taken from Godfrey Chan's Hijacking Hacker News, which also is where we derive our title. But we kind of did a few things that I thought were really, was, were really neat. The first thing was that we used Mirage for acceptance testing. Uh, so we're actually using server.create. But then when we got to the adapter layer, we actually needed to override Mirage's pretender in order to return the expected HTML from our back-end, our TIL back-end. Uh, and this involved doing a few things that were really cool. So uh, one thing that we needed, we needed a, a non-JSON stringified text to come back from the back-end. And Mirage takes over the Pretender instance and calls it Interceptor, which is the coolest name ever, and overrides um, prepare body on Pretender instance to automatically stringify it for you, which is one of the nicer things that Mirage provides. Um, and we had to override that because we didn't want it to automatically stringify our string. So uh, we... In our acceptance test, and once again, we didn't have to change the actual assertions in our acceptance test at all. This was all just the the way that the data was going to be presented. So in our test, we were able to say server.pretender.get and then, you know, the path to the TIL endpoint, which um, I think we're scoping right now to my name, but eventually we'll have Chase in there as well so that we can both uh, blog here and have it show up on Ember Weekend. And overriding prepare body was as simple as just setting... Uh, prepare body to return um, to return the body that it received rather than return the stringified version of its body which was really great and we were accessing a uh, pretender directly um, so we're directly referencing things that Mirage has internal to it um, that it exposes um, via the pretender keyword the pretender property and it was really it was really a smooth transition from uh, in from our testing layer from using a standard kind of Json API style uh, backend to using this, highly customized backend that is til so it was really interesting i i, I really enjoyed the approach of, of test driving this from an acceptance uh, side but we ran into a couple of things uh, chase you found out the first one uh which has to do with um this dot pass through in mirage do you want to walk through that real fast yeah this is an issue i've run into a couple times um so luckily it didn't surprise me
0: because if you uh haven't come across this, you could definitely uh, bang your head against the computer for a couple hours like I did. If you're using if you're using Pretender with an older version of jQuery, something like, I think it's 1.13, um, or maybe 1.11.3, it, um, it, basically anything that's in the 1.x, um, it's basically for older browsers. And um, uh, Pretender does some things when it mocks out the XML HTTP request and detects what your browser is capable of and if you have an older version of jQuery with a newer browser, there's like a condition where your success handler, um, actually no handler will ever be called. So you won't get uh, an error handler, you won't get a success handler, and you won't get, I think they call it done. Yeah, done like or finally. finally. Yeah. Yeah. So none of those will get called new, which won't know why, and and until you dig in the code and kind of like debug into it. Um and it's really easy to update. You just go into your Bower JSON and update to some newer version of you know jQuery like two dot something. Um, And it'll it just works. Uh, So it's, you know, luckily I I saw it happen and immediately recognized it and we were able to just move past it.
1: Yeah, that was actually really cool. I, I was glad that you had the experience here because I was completely lost when when the debugger didn't hit in either of the callbacks. I was like, what is going on? That, uh, that was really wild. And then we stole one other thing from Godfrey Chan's uh, Hacking Hacker News, which was uh, the Cores Anywhere service. So we were able to set a, uh, a proxy essentially through Cores Anywhere that kind of bypasses the Cores issues for specified domains. And this was another thing that I thought was really, really clever, despite the fact that initially, on, on initial assessment, I was like, this is dangerous. Um, I think it's... Uh, pretty clever solution for for doing this yeah i mean i'm sure there
0: you know you wouldn't want to ever do this for an actual application but when you uh when you have an inbound application and you have cores uh, and you're just trying to do some little hacky solution to something it it seems like it's, it's a fun thing to do and uh not sure if there's any real security issues it's probably just as secure as just removing content security policy altogether
1: yeah well i mean we want the content security policy for everything else it's just this one instance we want to receive things from from another domain, so I, I, I thought it was a it's a very clever uh, solution. There, there's one caveat to Cores anywhere is that it returns text text plain. Oh no, no, just text, right? Not text plain. Yeah, it's not in text slash plain. It's like text. Right. The content type. Yeah, which uh, was that, which was alarming because if you do that incorrectly, you'll hit the error handler on your when on your XHR request rather than your success. Yeah,
0: request. you'll hit the error handler with a two hundred. Okay. Um, that was yeah, that was a fun
1: one. That was a really fun one.
0: Uh, so the I think maybe it actually would return Jason if we asked for Jason. I think maybe there's a map internally, but yeah, we should we should check that. Yeah, definitely.
1: So uh, TIL has um, has all of the blog posts as um, processed markdowns, so it's actually HTML, um, and we are still working on styles. So you're not gonna be able to see the blog right away, um, but pretty soon. Um, it will be up on Ember Weekends uh, site with some, uh, hopefully, with some design from Rai, If we can, we can ask her to to work on Ember Weekend again. But uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be really exciting. I, I'm I'm definitely excited to see a blog out there. And eventually, we're going to do the same technique, uh, but use it with uh, GitHub Gists. But I think for now, this is a really enjoyable exercise. Uh, this uh, whole process of us doing this and getting to kind of the MVP, uh, it looks pretty ugly right now, but. Um, getting to the MVP of where you know data is coming from the right place is all has all been recorded. Uh, we did it on Friday last, so um, you can go to livecodingtv slash hashrocket and uh, find find the uh, find the old. Uh, if you have any uh, additional questions about it, you can reach out to us on Twitter at uh, Amber Weekend. Tom Dale spoke at Responsive Field Day about progressive enhancement. The whole talk is on YouTube and it was really great to to hear like the justifications for why uh why he thinks that javascript and uh, why, why javascript frameworks are are still relevant even in the face of, of many people calling for progressive enhancement. Uh, and, and it kind of boils down to a couple of things and I'm gonna kind of bullet them off t- so it's gonna be pretty quick, but I'm trying not to ruin the entire talk, but I'm gonna ruin the entire talk. So spoiler horn if such a thing exists. So the main takeaway was uh, smartphones are eating the world, so they're becoming widely available. Uh, connectivity, however, is not, uh, is not becoming as available as the smartphones. And um, JavaScript frameworks are gaining traction because because of this. Um, and his final statement that I think is really really powerful was: Let's take advantage of these trends while preserving ubiquity on the web and not shaming people to use an outdated model, which is to you know only use uh, HTML, HTTP, and a user agent, and instead put JavaScript in there so that we can have offline offline um, apps, and uh, and then still get the the progressive enhancement from uh, a tool like Fastboot. Um, and I, th- I think, once again, this is another kind of thing where I, this is like the second or third time we've mentioned uh, Fastboot, and I it's going to become a, a really main uh, main point, a main selling point for Ember usage, I think, in the future.
0: Yeah, and there's, there's another section of this talk that kind of uh, struck a chord with me, and that was uh, where he was talking about these uh, kind of like corporate islands of uh, features like Facebook's Uh, Newsreader and I think Apple has Apple news now um, Where they're trying to push people into there and they're saying look at all look at the experience your user gets It's like instant news and they it's like all these nice animations and everything's uh, seems really fast, but it's not the web It's like a native app and he was saying this is kind of the enemy of the web in that uh, If the web does not keep up with the features that you can get with these native apps um, Then more and more people are gonna go there which means more and more developers are gonna go there and there's like this snowball effect of like
1: yeah. the web gets less and less relevant. I think he called it an existential threat, which I think is uh, is a pretty great. Uh, there's a lot of gravity to that, but uh, but a pretty great way to describe it.
0: Because and and this is um, something I hear all the time. Uh, we know people that are really into React Native, and uh, one of the things that um, they always point to is look at look at this on Facebook when you can scroll you can scroll something and a video just starts playing automatically and you can't do that in the browser. So you should reuse react native because the browser can't do that. And it's, it, it is, it's like, it's something as simple as that is what's
1: driving people to these native apps. Right. Definitely. And I think there are, there are, there are efforts to kind of like bring those functionalities over here. I mean, things like embassy like Cordova and, uh, and the Cordova project in general, obviously and phone gap and things like that. Um, but you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see the future and see how the how the web evolves to to try to keep competitive and keep relevant. I think fastboot is going to be a big sell. One of the one of the other mentions that uh, we're ruining the entire talk, aren't we? We're, I'm just giving the whole talk away. Yeah. Spoiler again. Spoiler horns. Yeah. He's ta- he talks about uh, ego depletion and how um, when people are asked to do opt into things, it's they're much more uh, likely than if they are asked to opt out. And the idea here is try to make progressive enhancement the default and give it for free. And something like FastBoot, you do this by installing an add-on and then running a FastBoot server. And if that is, if it's if it's as easy as that, then it's much more likely that people will do the right thing. Yeah, I, I,
0: there was a there was a really good slide where he said uh, it just listed all the things, all the taglines you've seen that uh, that end in first, like mobile first, uh, accessibility first, security first uh responsive first and um and this was one of those ones where it's like uh, i think chrome uh the chrome team had just done like a blog post he showed called offline first so it was like another one on the list yeah and it's like how can you do all of these
1: first yeah you only get one first yeah and that's all we have for December weekend thanks for tuning in we'll see you next time i'm jonathan jackson and i'm chase mccarthy and i got nothing to say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's all we have for December weekend tune in next week when you get more <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't say it I, 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 I almost had it I almost said it I was just thinking, like, what would Paul say what would Paul say <laughs> I don't know